Well, this episode is the third installment of our CICP 20th anniversary miniseries for the podcast. And joining us today, Paul Mitchell. Paul is the president and CEO of Energy Systems Network, or ESN for short. Paul, thanks for joining us. Glad to be here, Gary. Uh, good to see you as always. Your background is really steeped in policy, program development, and you really got your start, in a sense, under then-Governor Mitch Daniels. Talk about uh, those uh, those early days, your professional background, and how you came to uh, join ESN. Yeah, well, you know, I was extremely fortunate. I was part of a, a group of young professionals, um, in our, really in our mid-20s, uh, that had the opportunity to go to work for Mitch Daniels when he was first elected to office. You know, there was so much change going on in the state at that time. And the governor, uh, then Governor Mitch Daniels, I still call him governor a lot, um, really did a great job of reaching out to young talent and giving them an opportunity to step up and play a major role in state government. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I came in and, and initially was looking at issues around economic development and energy and became quite passionate about the changes that were happening within the state around energy technology. Uh, We had some of the first wind farms being built at that time in 2004, 2005. We went from having maybe one biofuel plant to, I think, 15 biofuel production facilities. Um, The electric vehicle industry was starting to emerge, the advanced battery industry. So there was so much exciting stuff going on. And working for somebody like Mitch Daniels, you know, just was inspiring to, to, to really cause me to want to go out and, and, and make a full uh, career around this public-private partnership and, and public service. Talk about the, the circumstances surrounding uh, the, the origins, the formation. You talk a little bit about uh, Indiana's, uh, the assets uh, in the sector. Uh, but uh, how, did, how did ESN, how did the organization form? Well, it's interesting. This is our 10-year anniversary. So, you know, CICP is turning 20, we're turning 10. Um, and it really got its start in uh, the office of Governor Mitch Daniels. We, we recognized at that time that Indiana had an opportunity to uh, really make its mark nationally within the energy and transportation industry. Uh, but there wasn't an organization to help coordinate all of the companies and institutions that were working in this new uh, technology space. And there needed to be more collaboration. So you had um, automotive companies you know, a Toyota or a Honda that needed to suddenly work closely with a utility company like Duke Energy or Indianapolis Power and Light. And they weren't used to working with each other. But with electric vehicles coming into the marketplace, you needed to plug these vehicles into the grid. And so our goal was to create an organization that could um, establish a, a safe space and a place where companies could come and collaborate, work on uh, technology and new business models together, mm-hmm. uh, and do so in a way that was uh, not as competitive as maybe they would uh, have uh, doing mm-hmm. so in the private industry. As you look at accomplishments uh, uh, at ESN, ESN over the years, what would you what would you point to in terms of, I know being a connector, that's obviously one thing you're yeah. doing in, in, in connecting uh, key uh, entities. What would you point We always consider ourselves to be very project based. So we have uh, had a number of projects 
um, that have been successful. I would point to the Blue Indy all-electric car sharing system here in Indianapolis. That was really a first for North America, having all-electric vehicles uh, deployed throughout throughout the city, creating a lower-cost option for transportation, clean transportation. Um, our initiative to build uh, net-zero affordable housing, uh, we call Moving Forward, has also been really a landmark uh, program for us. Uh, we now have uh, eight different developments uh, under construction throughout the state. And so that's the statewide initiative, The statewide too, right? initiative, mm-hmm. yeah. The, the first two uh, have actually just opened and are starting to accept uh, tenants, one in Fort Wayne and one in Bloomington. Um, those are those are pretty important because it really shows the, the value that um, – transportation and energy sustainability can have on the low to moderate income population. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are two big ones that I think, you know, stand mm-hmm. out, but lots of other exciting things we've had the chance to work on. Well, one of the spin outs of ESN is the Battery Innovation Center. And I think that is a really interesting uh, uh, development, uh, if you will, that that has uh, had impact. But I think the potential going forward is is even larger. Can you talk a little bit uh, about the initiative? and the work that you continue to do uh, with the Battery Innovation Center. So Battery Innovation Center came about uh, based on a a workshop that we held. We brought together a number of industry leaders within the battery and automotive, military, Mm -hmm. um, university research uh, institutions like Purdue and IUPUI. And and we said, what, what could we do to really help the overall energy storage or battery industry move forward. And at the time, there was a recognition that there needed to be a lab where you could do prototype manufacturing of new battery technologies, uh, testing and validation, uh, and again, would be outside of any one company's uh, control. And so we established the Battery Innovation Center to do just that, uh, built it outside the gates of the Naval Surface Warfare Center crane. So it's in southern Indiana in a rural uh, green county, uh, which was really important at the time. That was really a, a big push at the state was to create more mm-hmm. rural economic development opportunities. And Battery Innovation Center has certainly been that. Um, and so it has grown from an idea to a successful business that now has more than 200 uh, companies from around the world that are working with it. Big names like you know Facebook and, and uh, Mercedes and, uh, of course, local companies like Cummins and Rolls-Royce uh, and many others that turn to the Battery Innovation Center to help them with identifying uh, new energy technology uh, options uh, as well as uh, bring new products uh, to market. So it's been it's been a, a, a great uh, success story. And you're right. I think there's there's more to come. The energy storage industry is becoming important not only for uh, automotive or uh, grid, but we're now seeing energy storage being used in medical devices. We're seeing it used in all of the various IoT devices that all need to be powered, the sensors that need to be powered uh, for uh, our, our future economy. And it's going to depend a lot on uh, greater uh, improvements in in energy storage. How, how is Indiana positioned, in your view, to compete in that in that marketplace, which is is growing rapidly and, uh, you know, uh, amazing to think about what it could become? How, how is Indiana positioned? We're positioned very well. We, we've had a long history in 
battery technology. I mean, the some of the first uh, batteries put into automobiles were done in Indiana. Uh, the Delco Remy division of General Motors uh, was an example of that. The first electric, modern electric vehicle, the EV1 designed by General Motors, the battery work was all done in, in the Castleton area. So there's been a long legacy within batteries, and we're really trying to continue uh, to play a, a central role in that. Um, in order to be successful in that endeavor, not only do we need things like the Battery Innovation Center, but we need to be really open to investments internationally because much of the battery industry has and probably will continue to grow in places like China, South Korea, Japan. And so it's not just a matter of growing businesses here. It's creating an environment in which international companies, as they expand and need to create North American operations, see Indiana as a place to go. And that's something we've been working really closely with the Indiana Economic Development Corporation on and are excited about the the potential for Indiana to be home to more international companies working in this space. I'll ask you about that in terms of the economic development potential uh, going forward in terms of investment and jobs as you look out the, you know, the next five, 10 years. What do you see as the potential? Well, I would say there are um, a number of kind of niche areas where we're going to see a transition from a focus on um, technology innovation to actual high volume production of those technologies, which could lead to more jobs, more uh, capital investment. Uh, batteries is certainly one of them. So mm-hmm. we're, we're seeing companies who have been developing battery technology are now ready to bring that to market at at large volumes, and they're going to need the production facilities to support that. Cummins, for example, just mm-hmm. announced that they're going to do their production of their battery systems used for electric buses and trucks mm-hmm. um, down in Columbus, right? And they could have gone anywhere in the world to do that. They chose to do that in Indiana. Um, so that's one area. Another one that's really um, top of mind for us is in autonomous vehicle technology. So this is a new area. It's very hot. You've got billions of dollars being invested in what are really self-driving vehicles. Um, uh, and while it seems like it's a bit of a George Jetson sort of mm-hmm. futuristic uh, concept, it's it's really on the roads today. We're already seeing uh, testing of these autonomous vehicles in cities across the world. They require a lot of sensor technology, a lot of advanced computing, big data, uh, analytics. And so seeing Indiana's research universities, seeing our companies working on this new uh, technology paradigm, I think could lead to a lot of um, new company formation Mm -hmm. and eventually a lot of jobs and and investment here in the state. Final question for you, Paul. CICP has a critical role in in many ways, I think, um, is... um it was the Center for Strategy Collaboration uh, for the bigger, the broader state uh, and understanding and advancing uh, the prosperity of the state. Uh, collaboration is so important. You talked about this uh, earlier, but as we wrap up, as you look at collaboration, cross-sector uh, collaboration, what do you see as some, some opportunities in collaboration across sectors and how important is that? It's critical because what historically has been uh, kind of individual sectors where we were all in our own vertical. So, you know, energy and transportation, you know, ag biosciences, life sciences, um, advanced manufacturing, they've all kind of had their own domains. We're seeing those blend. Um, And the reason is there are some underlying technologies that are emerging, things like machine learning, artificial intelligence, 
uh, energy storage, which I spoke about, mm -hmm. uh, advanced robotics that cut across these traditional industry sector boundaries. Um, and so what can be a, an innovation coming out of a company in the ag biosciences space may be something that gets adopted in the energy or even transportation space mm -hmm. and vice versa. And so it's critical that we're communicating not only within our own industry sectors, but across uh, the landscape within the state. And CICP provides the, uh, a tremendous platform for doing that because we're all together, we're all interacting with one another. Mm -hmm. uh, and so when we have questions about what might be happening in one sector, we don't have to go very far to find the subject matter experts in that, in that area. And so I think over the next decade, as we look at the future of CICP, the convergence of technologies mm -hmm. and how we collaborate, not only within our own sectors, but across sectors, is is really what I think mm -hmm. our, our next you know decade's focus is going to be. Paul Mitchell is the president and CEO of the Energy Systems Network, ESN. Paul, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for your leadership in a sector that is uh, advancing, really focused on innovation, a lot of potential here in the state. Great. Thank you very much. You've reached the end of another episode of Ag Plus Bio Plus Sciences CI CP miniseries with your host Gary Dick of Inside Indiana Business. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or Google Play. Connect with Agrinovis at agrinovisindiana.com and with Inside Indiana Business at insideindianabusiness.com. Don't forget to join us next Monday for another episode. Thank you for listening. 